Thanks for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue. You can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. Our guest today is Wendy Mata, creator of Bruja Power Botanica, to support seekers in their journey to magic and power. She believes that awakened humans are a force of nature and the drivers of the transformations needed in the world. Wendy received her Mayan shamanism initiation in Yucatan, Mexico, and was trained in Coranderismo and Brujeria by her family. She graduated from the Feng Shui Masterclass of Lillian Tu in Malaysia, Erickson College of Leadership and Coaching in Canada, and she also completed studies on energy healing, the human mind and co-creation in China, India, Finland, Brazil, Indonesia, and the Netherlands. Wendy is currently studying professional astrology at London's Faculty of Astrological Studies. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. So how did I do my pronunciation? Good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, man. So how are you today? I'm doing good. I am. uh, Today is Friday, the day that we're recording this, and I'm kind of getting ready for uh, the weekend. It was a long week, a very good week, but a very long week. So I am getting ready just to rest and chill for the rest of the day. That's great. Oh, man. To be able to rest on Venus's day is probably top tier rest, I would say. <laughs> Usually we work, uh, myself and my team, Monday to Thursday. At least that's the goal. Sometimes we have to make some modifications to our schedule, but we try to keep it Monday to Thursday so that we have three days off and um, we get to rest. We also plan, I, I really love planning ahead. So we also plan the year ahead and we block the times where we're going to be on vacation. Um, I schedule my life in a way that I'm off the summer because I have a six-year-old and <laughs> um, she's home, so I can't really do much when she's home. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's life life according to planning and the way that it should be for witches, right? We have the ability to create the reality that we desire. So I am always constantly working on having that reality and living it and enjoying it. That's so true, but I also find that most metaphysical practitioners in, in general have a tough time with scheduling out and, and you know, mapping out time. They just have trouble with time in general. And I, my theory is, it's like when you have one foot in the physical realm and one on the other side of the veil, it's time is a little arbitrary. <laughs> real, but it is not real. And I'm never um, late. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes time goes like one hour feels like three years and a month feels like a minute. <laughs> it really plays with us for sure. <laughs> That's true too. So you mentioned that you have a six-year-old and uh, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about being a witch and being a parent um, and some of, well, what we were discussing earlier is, is, is what I wish someone could do for me when I was a child, uh, having very real medium experiences at seven and eight years old and being told that I was either crazy or, you know, that I was just being a child and it was just my imagination. You know, I wanted to see what kind of tips you have for 
parents who are experiencing this with their children? Absolutely. What a great question. And I think that it, it is also going to be really helpful for other parents or um, parent figures that may be listening to this. Um, as a witch, um, healer, shaman, magical one, whatever you call yourself, you sometimes or pretty much all the time have a more enhanced intuition. And this enhanced intuition tends to start showing up since we are children. Sometimes it can manifest as really vivid dreams because in our childhood, we are jumping between worlds and not really recognizing what is a dream and what is a portal. Or it can be that we are seeing spirits that nobody else is seeing, or it can be that the dead are talking to us. And if you are a child, a witchy child, a magical child, that doesn't have guidance because their parents are not um, at the same level of intuition, then it can be very problematic. It can be very lonely. It can be, you can be labeled as crazy or as unbalanced or as just making shit up, right? And honestly, I feel like being told that you're making it up or it's just your imagination is probably maybe not the most damaging, but for it's it's equal it's equally traumatic because then you spend the rest of your life thinking that that didn't really happen to you or questioning it you know what i mean yes it affects your trust in your own intuition for sure mm -hmm. it also gaslights you in a way your experiences and they are being denied and then in your mind you have to wonder am i really making it up or is this really happening why everybody else around me is not experiencing it yeah. And it can be pretty harsh. Uh, a lot of my customers and friends that are witches and healers, shamans, mediums, most of them didn't get to have the support that I have when I was a child, that I was seeing the dead people and the spirits and entities since forever, but my parents understood. But now that I have a daughter, I also value the fact that I can understand too what she's going through. And there are many tools that we can use, whether you are someone that already practices magic and believes in uh, the different layers of reality, or whether you are someone that doesn't. And one of the things that are very useful for this um, for parents or for father few years, mother few years, parent few years, it's to really just impose really strong boundaries in the rooms of your children. For example, uh, a few things that we do in our family is that we cast clearing circles and protection circles every single day. At the end of the day, before my daughter goes to bed, we ensure that we are energetically cleansing the room and we are also protecting the room. But as someone that also sees things and feels things and sense things, I have these very direct conversations with the spirits in my house. And I state, hey, I see you, I feel you, you are not welcome in my daughter's room. That is a boundary. And you cannot cross the boundary because if you cross that boundary, I'm going to cast you back to whatever you belong to. <laughs> and, you know, and most of the time, I will say like 95%, 97% of the cases, they do respect the boundaries. They do like to be seen, but we have in our house this open spaces for spirits. For example, in my botanica, and my botanica is set in my basement. I work from home. 
Uh, I took like the whole first like basement floor for, for my business. And over there, spirits know that they can come and talk to me while I'm doing candles or when I'm creating oils or teaching a class or whatever I'm doing. Uh, well, not when I'm teaching you spirits. Don't do that when I'm teaching. <laughs> that will be annoying. But in other times, you know, they, they know that they can have these conversations. And it is the same when they're talking to Luna, my daughter. I say, hey, this she's a child. If you need somebody to see you, I'm here. Don't bother her. And sometimes that's enough. Some other times uh, we... Um, or I recommend for parents uh, what we do at home, which is really use a lot of crystal magic. I have crystals around the house that create barriers of protection. I talk to the crystals and I ask the crystals to function as a vortex to keep the space cleared. Usually obsidian is a really good crystal for that. Or amethyst is also a really good crystal for that. Or even quartz. If you don't have anything else, just a clear quartz will be helpful. Yeah, quartz is great because it's super versatile. You can do right, anything. You can find it anywhere. Yeah, you can find it anywhere. Or even, you know, if you don't have anything else on hand, talk to the land in your home. Talk to your trees in your home. Talk to the spirit of your house. Like, our house has an identity, right? Like, it, it is a spirit. So talk to your house and ask the house to keep your space free. Yeah. It is also important, as you mentioned, to not create the damage of denying the experience in children. We have to recognize that those experiences are real. Yeah. Even if we cannot see them, it's unlikely that they're making it up. I mean, yes, the imagination of children is fantastic and fabulous and it can create worlds. But also they have a level of sensitivity that we don't have. Or maybe we have it if we consciously work in our psychic skills. But when they come to the world, they come directly from the source. They come in this state of, of innocence and purity and light, and they get to see things that not everybody sees. So we have to be very mindful about the words that we're using, the way that we are um, approaching it, and also the way that we recognize that they have the skills. And if you want to take it a step further and be an awesome parent, start preparing yourself to understand this. Because we as parents have the responsibility of facilitating the journey of our children. Even if you don't believe on it, at least take a book or listen to a podcast. You're listening to this one, so congratulations. <laughs> uh, or find a method or a way that will give you that wisdom just so that you can be there for your family. When in doubt, if, if, you, if you feel like you're incapable of doing it, then find a trusted person in your environment that has psychic skills that can also support your children. Although I will say, because you're going to be next to them for the rest of your lives, it will be really good that you read about it. It's almost like reading a book in parenting, but reading a book in parenting for, for parents that are the, the, the parents of a child that is gifted. Yeah, specifically parenting your child, which is funny because uh, my parents' generation didn't really view their children as separate entities of them. They viewed them as things they could control, at least in, in the States, this was true for what we call boomers. Um, you know, they, there were expectations and there were, you know, uh, obligations that were put onto people. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, and I think we're learning, uh, my generation, generation X millennials as parents are learning to parent the individual child that you have. And that's really important in general, but especially if you have a psychic child. Yeah. 
When we have children in general, highly sensitive children, uh, we are going to see that same behavior in the future. If they are already showing skills of talking to dead people, seeing spirits, seeing ghosts, talking to their house, talking to the trees, uh, feeling the emotions of other people, it's very likely that this behavior is going to show as empathic behavior on the future too. So we have to facilitate the tools for our children to foster their psychic abilities in a safe environment and also facilitate the journey of um, embracing their, their feelings and their emotions and the way to see the world. There's a really strong connection between psychic abilities and empathy. If you are seeing dead people, spirits, ghosts, it's also very likely that you're seeing the emotional system of the people that you are next to. As a parent, if you are not doing your own work, if you are not dealing with your trauma, if you are not doing your shadow work, if you are ignoring your problems and br brushing them under the carpet, your child's going to see that. And they are going to have behaviors that are going to be very connected to what you're hiding because they are going to be a mirror. And this is where our skills as individuals that are constantly growing come into place. Wow. We have to be sure that we're doing the work. And we also have to be sure that we are showing with the example that emotions are safe, that feelings are safe, that the way that we are is safe and yeah. teach them that it is okay to be empathic, but it is also very important to create boundaries, right? I tell my daughter all the time, because I know that she feels everybody, and I tell her, it's it's great that you see it and that you embrace it, but also you need to know that it is not your responsibility to make that person happy. It is not your responsibility to make me happy. It is not your responsibility to make anyone happy. You are responsible for yourself, and that's about it. If you are witnessing other people, that is beautiful, but you need to not get involved so that your emotional system doesn't get tainted with mm -hmm. the emotions of other people. And to to add to your other point, uh, you know, if you're not dealing with your own shadow or trauma, how can you be supportive to your child who's experiencing all this highly empathic experiences? Um, you know, the, we have to create that support for them and understanding for them as well. Yes, and children are teachers, right? And mm -hmm. what you were saying that generationally speaking, we like at least in the United States, children used to not have their identity. They were just an extension of the parents. But now we are seeing that they are a separate individual, that they deserve their own respect and their own caring and their own love. So we we have the responsibility to also see them as our teachers and see that they came here to the world for us to take care of them and help them and facilitate their journey, but also for us to learn. Beautiful. Love that. Very well put. So is there anything you'd like to add uh, about parenting magically? Uh, yes. Um, there are simple ways to create uh, circles of protection and uh, simple ways of cleansing a space. And those are tools that will come on hand, they will come handy regardless of you believing um, if you're a witch or not, because energy, it's a thing and you may or may not feeling, feel it, but it's there. One of the things that I recommend for people is to 
especially for parents that have sensitive children, it's to be sure that they're cleansing the energy of their space. Um, I recommend resins like frankincense or myrrh or copal or burning juniper. Those are resins and herbs that cleanse the space energetically, but they also raise the frequency of the space. And negative identities are not able to stay for too long places that are of a higher frequency because it's uncomfortable for them. So you want to be sure that your space is raised energetically as much as possible. Yeah. Another thing that you can do too is burn uh, rose incense because rose has this magical ability of transmute negativity and shadow uh, through love. So it's going to balance the space. Plus, if you like roses, it's going to smell delicious. So that would be for cleansing. And for protecting, um, I can share what I say with my daughter every day. Uh, and then for the ones that are listening, you can just take it as it is or you can uh, modify it as you feel guided to. But what I say with my daughter every day is we cast a protection circle for this space, for this time, for this frequency, for a duration of 12 hours, sustained by the power of the ancestors. Only the light is allowed. Only the love is allowed. So be it or even better. So be it or even better. So be it or even better. Beautiful. Times and three. If, <laughs> and if we had to decompose this, basically you're asking your guys to come and sustain the circle. So the circle is not coming from your own energy. Mm -hmm. um, you can ask your ancestors, your angels, whatever you work with, right? Whatever you work with. If you believe in God, if you believe in the God, is whatever you work with. Uh, mm -hmm. The other important thing is that the circle must be a time circle so that you're stating for how long the energy is going to stay up. Yeah, and I was curious about that. Why 12 hours? Uh, that's usually what we do because we do it right before night and then it ends in the morning. And then we Got have it. like the regular circles in the house, but this is for like protecting the realm of sleep. That's why we it. do the time circles. And then the other thing too is that we state that only light is allowed and only love is allowed so that we are creating a boundary and a permeable field within the circle. And we state what kind of energies are allowed to come in. Because we want to be sure that the, the happy things, the joyful things, the, the light things are coming. We are just not letting the negative and shadow come in. So it states, yes, you can come in because you are in a good uh, field. And no, you cannot come in because you do not resonate with what we're casting. Okay. So being a witch as a parent and learning to navigate that world is a little similar to the fact that some people need to be witch, witches in spaces that you wouldn't normally think of. For instance, working in the professional environment in the corporate world, and you had some tips and tricks for how to navigate that world. And I was wondering if you could share some of those. Absolutely. 
Well, that protection circle that I was uh, sharing, it's also applicable to your office. If you are working with a lot of toxic people, you can cast protection circles around your office and ask the field to keep you protected. And it works pretty well. I worked in the corporate world for 21 years before I became a full-time witch. I was working in cybersecurity and technology development which can be a pretty toxic environment sometimes. I used, I used to call, uh, cast the circles all the time. What I will say is that if you do not have an office and you have to be, um, you don't work from home and you have to be in a physical space and you have to share space with people, what you can do is that you can write a sigil of protection and then tape that sigil of protection under your chair. That is also something that you can keep activated. You can activate the sigil every morning and come and say, hey, I activate you to protect me and to keep me surrounded by energies that uplift me. And you come and touch the sigil every day. You can create your own symbol or maybe you can Google a similar protection that feels right for you and work with that uh, magic to layer it up to have a better day. Will and this work what? against toxic bosses? Yes. Can you share an example of how this has worked for you? Absolutely. I think especially when I was working in Mexico, I left Mexico a long time ago. I was in my in my mid-20s when I did, but it's where I failed that I had to use protective magic the most. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because I had to protect myself from patriarchy. I was in a field that was very male-dominated, and the peers in the company didn't really like that there was this young woman ascending on her career doing better than them. It was pretty nasty. So I had to first have conversations with them or try to have negotiations and conversations, but that didn't work. So I had to give myself permission to go a step forward and use magic. And I did. I uh, I created sigils of protection that I had on my chair. I also had a mini altar on my desk. I had to... Um, it didn't look very witchy. I had to kind of like make it like a decoration kind of thing. But it was, for me, a space that was uh, giving me protection. Then at home, I had to take it even a step further. I also had their names on a paper. And some of them, I had the pictures. And I wrote the sigils be behind that, like be uh, behind the picture. And I just simply say, you will stop fucking with me. Like, I wish you the best. I want life for you. But just like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. So, it, And it worked. It worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned uh, using magic for salary negotiations. How does that work? Well, there's many spells and many things that you can do for that. One of the easy spells that I recommend everyone to do is spells with bay leaves. Uh, writing the salary that you're looking for, then the sentence, or even better, and burning the bay leaves. Uh, particularly if you do that in a new moon, that is usually a good uh, a good spell to do and is very efficient. You can also take uh, powder cinnamon, lots of it, and then write the numbers with the powder cinnamon right outside of your door and write the amount of money that you're seeking. And that is also kind of telling the universe, hey, this is how much I want. But I will say that sometimes our salary negotiations don't go as desired, not because of our negotiation per se, but because of our lack of belief that we deserve it. 
Mm. And there is a there is a there is a thing that I would like to share that is not necessarily magical, but it is very effective. And this being to take notes of all the benefits that you bring, all the good things that you bring, all the money that you save to the company, all the steps that you took in order to be a good professional. So when you are negotiating your salaries or when you're looking for a new job, then you're reading your list and you're reminding yourself that you're a badass that is yes. worth every single penny. Yeah, knowing your value is pretty important when you're trying to manifest your worth. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and the more you read that, then the more you can show up in your power, right? And when you show up in your power in the professional life, then that extends to everything else. You start making better boundaries in your relationships. You start creating better friendships. You start respecting your body more. You start applying self-care into your everyday. So it really, when you really know that you're worth it, then everything else kind of aligns. I'm going to take this opportunity to, to bring up again, uh, what I was talking about in January's episode with, uh, Lindsay from Florida, Witch. um, because if you, if you struggle with understanding your value, there has been new science, new quantified evidence that mantras do work. Uh, basically what they've discovered, we've known about neuroplasticity since 1949. Um, but we, what we know now with quantified evidence is that it takes on average about 10,000 times repeating something to yourself before you create a new clear neural pathway to that idea instead of the negative belief. So even if you have to be a little delusional about it to understand your value, to accept it, it it's now been proven and I'm a nerd, so I love when science goes ahead and quantifies anything around energy work. To take it even a step further, when it comes to neuroplasticity, uh, it comes the power of visualization, but taking your visualization to the next step, making it more tangible. It's when you use all your senses to ensure certain energies in your brain, and that creates the pathways between the cells faster. There is a very book about it called uh, The Brain That Changes Itself, which is filled with uh, documents and evidence about how people use visualization and entering energies and feelings and sensations in their body to change their reality. What you do is that you involve all your senses. Let's say if we're talking about negotiating a salary that is going to pay you $100,000, you don't just mantra, I am worth $100,000. You also imagine your life at $100,000. You also imagine the car that you're driving at $100,000. You also also visualize the house that you're living at. You also go to the store and try the clothes that you're going to be wearing. You also go to the coffee shop and ask for the drink that you're going to be drinking. And you start layering up the sensations and the feelings to make that manifestation even more possible. Gotcha. Okay. Now, you moved from the corporate world to being a full-time witch business, and I was hoping that you could share some tips on and for anyone who is thinking of making that same transition. Uh, absolutely. Um, I retire back in 2021 from a very successful career in tech to be a full-time witch. 
It was initially triggered by the fact that my grandmother showed up in a dream in um, in a trip that I had to marry in Mexico a few years ago. And she, after my dream, kept showing up over and over, letting me know that it was time for me to do this work. So uh, with the support of my ancestors, I started asking for specific things to the universe to show me that it was the right thing to do because I had a really good career, a very good salary. I had stocks. I had a bunch of benefits that I would be letting go if I was doing the transition. So I set up certain uh, markers. I say, universe, this is the minimal amount of money that I have to make for six months in my part-time business before I do it full-time. So while I was doing the transition, I was hustling on the back, uh, ensuring that I was making at least half my salary. Because in my head, I was, okay, if I do half my salary for six months and a weekend, then it means that I absolutely can do it full-time. That was one thing that I did. The other was, um, I also asked the universe to show me in other ways. I asked the universe to send me some media. So um, I got, actually, some of my articles were in some magazines and I was in uh, TV and so on. And for me, that was a confirmation. And then lastly, I also say, okay, now you're going to make us viral. And the universe is so good to me because he's always giving and he's so nice. And one of her videos went to 2.5 million views, (laughs) which allowed us to have or first $10,000 a month. That was the first time that we had it. It was actually a $13,000 month last year, uh, 2021. And that was like, okay, it's definitely clear that this is what I should be doing. So (laughs) what I will say say is that you have to really specify what you want and what you need and ask for it. Sometimes we forget that the universe and our allies and our ancestors are there to support us. Sometimes we forget how loved we are. And how giving and loving all those spirits are there that are there are for us. We forget. Well, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time and I've never been a six-figure business. So I am here for it. If you are going to tell us how to unlock some of those achievements, I'm listening. <laughs> bring it on, bring it on, bring it on universe. One of the things that I do is that I do, I do a practice that I call stacking timelines. And stacking timelines is basically writing what you want, uh, all the details, right? This is how much I'm making. This is how many customers I'm seeing. This is the product that I'm selling. This is the service that I'm selling. And then I do a visualization exercise where I move myself in the timeline to the time that I already accomplished that. And I start entering the sensations, the feelings, the emotions that that version of me has when I am at that point. Then I take it a step further and then I ask that version of me, what are your dreams? What are your desires? What are your wishes? You already accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. What's next? And I ask that version of me to tell me Uh, her wishes and desires. And I also start working on visualizing those wishes and desires. And then I move my timeline even longer. Let's say the next version of me wants to make X amount of money. I go into that version. I tell her, tell me how is your life? And then I visualize that. I feel that. I sense that. I answer that. Then I go to the next version, perhaps in two years or five years. And then I also work on visualizing what she needs. So by stacking the timelines, I'm talking about bringing the frequency of the next version and even the version after. What's funny is I 
realized very recently that magic always works a little bit easier if you start small and work your way up. I don't know why it took me this long to really lock that in as a knowledge, as like something I know to be true, but it did. And here we are. And so I'm wondering if, if when it comes to stacking timelines, it does help to start like this week, I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to be, you know, providing these services and this is how many clients. And then you go, maybe you accomplish that. And then you go the next two weeks and then you go the next month. Does that work better? Is that what you mean by stacking timelines? That's what I mean by stacking timelines. Right. I will say that we at least do one year, three years, and five years because we want to get out of our own head and we want to get out of our own processes right now. And there may not be a lot of change that you may be able to apply into your life in a week or two or three. But if you go a little further, then you, you're turning to the place of possibilities. So you don't necessarily have to think on the processes and the systems. You, all, you focus mostly on the energy of that time. Uh, and it tends to be very, very uh, efficient. I've seen it with a lot of my customers uh, that when they're working with stacking timelines, it's, um, it helps them change the reality. But some people have problems with visualization. Not everybody has the ability to visualize. Uh, <laughs> another thing that is going to sound cliche, but it's actually very effective is vision boards. Just finding the pictures and words that represent the reality that you want to create, those tend to be very um, effective too. I have been vision boarding for over 10 years and every single, um, actually every single Thanksgiving weekend, that's when I vision board. I don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. So that like in that long weekend, what I do is that I create my vision board for what <sighs> I want in my year after. It um, never occurred to me to work with that energy the collective energy of people already in gratitude that's so abundant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a hacking there on the energy and just like really tapping into that gratitude. I think that's very um, helpful. I'm totally doing that this year. My vision boards always end up being just a bunch of private swimming pools because that's like my biggest goal in life is to have a pool. <laughs> Aww. Uh, may a pool go to your life, Sophie, you even better. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I think another thing that I recommend people doing is that they write a script of how their life looks like. My life, to, today I woke up and I was next to the love of my life and we were drinking coffee and go like to the detail of all of it. After that, I was talking to one of my customers and we signed a contract of $10,000 for coaching, whatever you want. And then why yeah, and you write it in the present tense, like it, it is happening to you right now. Yes, absolutely. But then you take it even a step further and you record yourself. You write it, then you record it. And then you hear that every single day. So it becomes the story of your life. <laughs> Mystic Witch Podcast is about to just turn into me and my mantras. <laughs> 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 Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Rebrand. <laughs> Uh, but but that's a very efficient thing. So you know how our phones have the 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 voice option. So it doesn't even have to be a pro recording. It can just be you on your phone speaking on present, on present tense. Like my life is like this today. I did that. Oh, my bank account has a million dollars. Whatever, and you live it in a way that is a reality. 
And the brain doesn't distinguish between reality or lies. The neurocortex, the place of neuroplasticity that you were talking about, the neurocortex creates those connections regardless of being real, being visualized, being heard, being taste, or being touch. All our senses activate that space on the brain. Mm, so by, by layering all this, I'm listening to it. I am seeing it. I am living it. I am smelling it. Uh, one of the things that I do is that I create my own candles. I mean, I have a candle business, but also I create my own candles with my specific scent. There is certain scents that I answer as abundance. They are, for me, the symbology of abundance. Specifically, I work a lot with lemon verbane. That's my scent. Everybody has a different one. And lemon verbane, because it reminds me of this gorgeous uh, rose farm that we were visiting in Portugal a few years ago when my family and I went to Portugal. And that day, walking through that beautiful rose garden, it reminded me of what abundance feels. So I came home and I created my own blend of a little bit of rose and a little bit of lemon verbane and a little bit of citrus and a little bit of freshness. And that's what I, that is what I have. My uh, hand soap smells like that. My house smells like that. My candles smell like that. So it continues to answer that energy on my headspace and my lungs and my mind and my imagination. Mm. I have a specific sense for abundance. <laughs> that is actually one of my favorite scents as well. I usually tend to wait until I meet an alchemist who works with it, and then I'll buy all their products that have that scent included with it. <laughs> there you go. Lemon Barbade or Rose Lemon Barbade. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, so there, I will look for the name of the farm and I'll send it to you, the Rose Garden Farm. It was amazing. It was one of the biggest uh, rose farms in the world uh, in this small island called Madeira in uh, the African coast, but it's part of Portugal. Um, and it just made me feel like the richest woman in the world. It was this, this feeling of, and it was, it was really interesting because it wasn't even like that fancy. It was just mostly, I got to see the mountains from the farm. I got to experience all the textures with the rose. I got to experience happiness because my daughter was like running around happy and I had my husband mm -hmm. next to me kissing me. It was this complete abund abundance. So for me, that's what answers abundance. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Well, I was hoping that I would have some time to ask you about your extensive education. So we'll have to save that for the next episode because we're running a little bit out of time. Tell us more about Bruja Power Botanica and what people can receive there. Uh, yes, of course. So Bruja Power Botanica, it's a witchy shop Mexican style. What you're going to find at the Botanica, it's uh, handcrafted products of magic. Um, I made all of the products, so you're going to probably see it that it's sold out very often because I only make small batches of magic because I put all my heart and love into it. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of candle magic. I also work with anointing oils, and I use recipes that were passed to me from a long time ago. I also create spiritual baths. We mostly focus on abundance magic, protection magic, defensive magic, as well as obstacle removal, which is a big thing in the Latin tradition. Uh, something important to mention is that all the products of Bruja Power Botanica are open to all. You don't have to be Latino, Latina, Latinx to access them. They are created in a way that can be activated by anybody. That's and this is good. Also, Very important. 
Yeah, very important, right? And this is also the same for my classes and workshops. Everybody's welcome. I do ask people to have a certain ethical system, especially when we're talking about manipulation of energy and touching people's chakras, right? We want to be sure that we're using our skills responsibly. But everything that I teach is open. There are certain ceremonies that I only teach to my family or people that are of a very close circle. So most of the things that you see out there on my website, um, they're open to all. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about that last month with Lorraine a little bit about closed practices and the importance of respecting those boundaries. So what you're saying is very important for our listeners to hear as well, uh, just so that they know that this, they're welcome to it. You know, and I, not, while we're on the subject, actually, I, I generally tend to direct my clients when I'm trying to get them to do some spell work pertaining to whatever we're reading on in tarot, uh, I, I generally tend, no matter where they are in the country or in the world, really, I, I, I tend to direct them towards the botanicas uh, because I'm not saying that the practice is open, but the store is definitely open to you. And they're usually the place where I get the most help it's the most reputable products. It's just, it makes everything a little bit more seamless than going to a crystal shop where things are not always ethically sourced. Sometimes the education really isn't there. Botanicas are pretty much always run by people uh, who have an extensive background and education in magical practices of whatever kind. So would you agree with that? Uh, yes, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm so happy that my people has made you feel welcome and that you also see that we put so much love into what we do. Uh, I will say that so far in my life, all the botanicas that I have gone are indeed run by people that it's very educated. Uh, I yeah. may not agree with some of the practices because there's different types of magic, different types sure. of systems, different types of deities, but I can for sure say that they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And that's, that's really what matters to me. Absolutely. And I'm happy to see you all at bruja.us, which is B-R-U-J-A.us. Um, we also have a lot of resources for people. But yeah, local botanicas, online botanicas, whatever feels right for you. At the end, we really have to acquire the magic that feels like it resonates. We have to trust our intuition and our senses. So Bruja.us, is, that's where people can sign up for workshops with you and, and get your candles and your magical products? Uh, yes. We okay. have several websites, but that is kind of like the entry website, uh, which is where you can find the candles. We have different okay. websites for some of our memberships, but that definitely is a place to start. That's the gateway. <laughs> We will make sure we have a link to that site in the show notes. So if you want to check it out, just go there and click on the link. Um, and is there any other ways for people to stay in touch with you? For instance, you said your candles tend to sell out really quickly. Do you announce them on any social media platforms where people can find when those things are launched? Uh, the best way to find about the candles is definitely the newsletter. I tend to send an email and saying, hey, there's a batch coming. Grab it now. Or uh, at Instagram, there's also usually uh, videos that come and say um, what's available. Those are the, the fastest way. But I will say uh, the other way, too, is that you can go to the website, and there is within the application of the website a button that says notify me when this is coming back. Ah. Um, so most of our customers just click there and add themselves into the, into the wait list. 
And then you either get a text message or an email right away when the, the product comes in. And I, I did notice that to sign up for the newsletter, it's very easy. Just go to the website and there's a pop-up pretty immediately. You can just sign up there. Um, what is your Instagram handle? So I can share that also in the show notes. It's Bruja Power. Got it. All right. Is there anything else you want to share for, you know, staying connected? Um, absolutely. There is a an event that we have coming up in May 2023, which is dedicated to creating a sacred space. Um, Lorraine is going to be speaking. She's going to be speaking there as well as Amy Blackthorn, Covey Michael, and a lot of other amazing practitioners. And this summit is dedicated exclusively to creating a sacred space. We started the the chat today talking about preparing a space for our children and ourselves. Uh, This is the place. There's going to be 12 different workshops where we will be talking about creating a space in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm. So how do we navigate the liminal spaces safely? We're also going to talk about safe, um, safe spaces for our emotional system and safe spaces for our mental system. Um, it is going to be a lot of fun, 12 different classes uh, during that week. And it's just simply a space to learn and take the next step into magic. All right. Is there a link that I can share in the show notes to that event as well? You can go to witch.institute. Okay. Witch.institute. Okay. Thank you so much for your time and your insight today, Wendy. It has been a pleasure interviewing you. And hopefully we can talk again sometime soon. I would love that. Thank you so much. Stay mystic, witches. Beautiful. Be sure to subscribe to Mystic Witch on any of your favorite platforms. And you can show your support by contributing monthly at anchor.fm or on our Patreon page. Follow us on social media to hear exclusive audio clips from our guests at Mystic Witch Podcast. Mystic Witch.